Welcome to the Kingdom Shepherd Talk Show, where faith meets emotional intelligence on a transformative journey of discovery and growth. Join our vibrant community at www.kingdomshepherd.com for additional resources and to connect with fellow seekers on this shared journey. So sit back, open your heart and your mind, and prepare to illuminate your path with the Kingdom Shepherd Talk Show. Let's begin today's episode. In this episode, we will discuss and explore the Christ-centered emotional wheel. We will discuss strength. The Bible teaches us that our strength comes not from ourselves, but from God. Philippians 4.13 states, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This divine strength is an attribute of emotional intelligence, empowering us to handle life's challenges with grace and resilience. Happiness. Christian joy isn't merely about leading happiness. It's about an abiding sense of peace and contentment in the knowledge of God's love for us. John 15, 11 reminds us of this. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Nurturing happiness in a Christ-centered way involves cultivating gratitude and taking pleasure in God's blessings. Calm. The Bible encourages us to remain calm even amidst life's storms. Psalm 46.10 tells us, Be still and know that I am God. Through practicing emotional intelligence, we can learn to remain calm and trust in God's sovereignty, even in the face of adversity. Anger. Even though anger is a natural human emotion, the Bible guides us on how to manage it. Ephesians 4.26 advises, in your anger, do not sin. Understanding and controlling our anger from Christ-centered perspective helps us to respond, not react, maintaining harmony in our relationships. Fear. The Bible provides numerous verses that address fear. Affirming God's constant presence and support, Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Recognizing fear and its impact on our behavior allows us to replace it with faith and trust in God's plan. Sadness. Even in times of sadness, scripture reminds us of God's comfort. Psalm 34, 18 assures us, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Acknowledging our sadness is an important aspect of emotional intelligence. And with the Christ-centered approach, we can find solace and hope even in our darkest hours. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you, God, and guide us in this uh, part of the meeting as well. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Amen. We're talking about the, the Christ-centered emotion wheel today. This is a tool that helps you manage your emotions 
be aware of them and uh, kind of cope with day-to-day situations. Now, I want to just start in the center of this thing because it makes it easiest to understand. It starts by saying you've got six basic emotions. You're feeling happy, strong, calm, angry, afraid, or sad. Now, what happens is I'm going to try and encourage you not to think of these as good emotions or bad emotions, because the fact is we all experience all of them. They all have a place in our life. They all impact us. And if somebody tells me they've never been sad, they've never been angry, I kind of worry about them a little bit because it seems that they don't understand who and what they are. Now, not only do we have these basic emotions, but the basic emotions have a tendency to be either active or passive. If you're really happy, you're euphoric, you want to dance, you want to sing, or maybe you're just kind of a person like me. I love going to the beach and sitting and just watching the waves and being tranquil, tranquil and serene at the beach. So think about the fact that these are uh, constructive or destructive. They take us where we want to be or they keep us from getting to where we want to go. And they're either active, dynamic, energizing or passive. Ronnie, uh, do you want to talk to us about the start us off on the right note and talk to us about the positive things? Well, the positive thing, look at this. I love the way that you have it because you've got a, a center line and what's above the center line is is positive, the strong, happy, and calm. And what's below it is the, the more negative, uh, the sad, the afraid and angry. And again, we're, we, we have the ability to choose where we want to spend our time. Now, all of us are going to go through periods where we're going to feel all of these emotions. This is part of our living in a fallen world. But we do have a choice to determine, do we stay sad? Do we dwell on it? Do we remain afraid? Uh, Are we gonna stay angry? We have the ability to be able to make choices that'll take us away from that. And as as believers in Christ, we have the power not only to believe that, we have the tools, we have scripture and the word and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us to be able to uh, stand firm on the faith and be strong, happy, and calm. We have too many, uh, I feel that we have too many uh, Christians in the world or, or people that say they're Christians, but they're very sad, they're very afraid, and they're very angry all the time. And what that does is, of course, that sends out a negative, uh, that's a negative message going out on what Christ is. And the people that don't know Christ, uh, they need to see Christ reflected on us as being strong, happy, and calm. I once heard it said, if Christians really believe the Bible that they talk about, why aren't these people always walking around with a smile on their face instead of looking so sad and melancholy? So that's, that's so true, so true. And, 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 and I love this chart because if you look at all of these emotions, we, you know, we've heard the expression, we're all a bundle of wavering emotions. Uh, we literally are, aren't we? In, in the course of a day, we can go through we can go through all, every emotion listed here at a given point. And we probably do. 
Now, Ronnie, you were you were hitting on something that I think we need to be real explicit with for our audience. When you feel emotions, uh, you're going to tend to experience some of them much more uh, vibrantly. One of the things that happens when you're self-aware and you're choosing Christ is you get to choose your emotions. And what happens is when we're aware of them, we can make those active choices. Otherwise, we drift where we don't want to be. Now, let me go and, and pick on the, the, the very bottom to start with. I don't know about you, friends, but I've been stressed. I've been sad. I've been afraid. I've been anxious. And gee whiz, I know the Bible tells me to be anxious for nothing, but I have been anxious. So what do we do? Now, this is how the, the wheel works, and you need to be able to use it as an active tool. The Bible tells you 365 times not to fear not. Um, so what happens when we're afraid? I know I'm not supposed to be there, but I'm there. So what we do is we look at the scriptures there. And I try and tell people the wheel is a tool to help you to be where you want to be. Let's be honest with myself in this case that I just gave you. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling I'm feeling panicked. I feel like I'm out of control. Well, you take the center, you go to the emotion afraid. I'm feeling I just told you panicked. And then we've got a scriptural reference. Psalm 118, 5 and 6. That's telling me, it's giving me an alternative. It's telling me how to get back onto the track I want. So what happens is you're using this to help you identify what your emotional state is and spiritually to get back to where you want to be. Hey, I'm happy. I like happy. Happy feels good. Um, but is this a Christian God-honoring happiness or is this a counterfeit like the world offers? Uh, we talk about so many things that people get lost in. Uh, addictions. It's a counterfeit. It's going to take you from happy to sad in a few heartbeats. But if you start looking at the happy that God wants you to have, the joyfulness, the cheerfulness, the gladness, the Christ-like happiness, that's something we really can and shouldn't should get into. You, you know, Robert, I just want to, I love the way that this is laid out because you mentioned the panic and you mentioned uh, what Psalms 118, 5 and 6. Reading that out of, out of the new, the ESV version, it says, Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's, that's a powerful reminder. I always believe that people need to be reminded more than instructed, more than instructed. And there's so much that we already know that we don't use. But just going, taking this will and using it and going to that scripture that's uh 
that 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 should be a mindset right there. That should be something, or, or that should be something that causes a shift in your emotions just by standing on that truth. And if you look at it from a practical standpoint, uh, Americans are more stressed than ever before. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch the news and not be stressed, unless we take a step back and say, "Well, God is still in control anyway." Um, we get frustrated. I don't know about you, but I don't really even care what political persuasion you're in. But I get angry with our lawmakers. Whoops! There's the anger, and then I wind up realizing I need to move from angry to forgiveness, and then I need to move into trust and all these other good things. And this wheel helps helps you go into these things. And I just took you deliberately around. I'm angry with the news. I was stressed. I'm angry. Now I go to forgiveness. I become more peaceful. I become more trusting. And it looks like I'm spinning the wheel very carefully here. This is why the tool is developed that you can go around it and use scripture and lean on the Lord in all of the cases. Be thankful for when it's feeling good and look to him for when you're in the pit and you want to get out. Robert, I'd like you to elaborate, if you will, on some of the dangers that come when we just dwell and just stay in that area. Any of the areas below the below the sad, the afraid, uh, angry. If we were to just stay in bed and that's where all of our focus in. I mean, I've heard it said that what we focus on expands. So give a little bit more insight into the dangers that we face if we just stay in that area. We just camp there and reside there for a length of time. You've got it exactly right. If you look at the brain and brain chemistry, what happens is essentially we're carving out a path in your mind. And the more you do it, the more that path is going to become second nature. So if you spend every day being anxious and afraid, your mind is going to drift to reasons to be afraid. Gee whiz, I I woke up this morning and I wasn't afraid. Let me think about that. Let me turn on the news. Maybe there's some good reasons to be afraid. Wow, there's war, there's uh, economic disaster. I've got lots of reasons to be afraid. Now I'm going to spin the wheel the wrong way. Now I'm sad. Uh, The world is just out of control. Now I'm creating those pathways in my brain. I'm solidifying them. And I feel my world is out of control. Now God gave us the power to take control of our mind. To set the patterns. To be deliberate about who we choose to be. Instead of this accident and drift. And this wheel has been developed because we don't want you to be a victim. In Christ, you're made to be a victor. And if you want to be a victim, you can languish in these sad, angry, afraid categories. Or the Lord has given you the ability to move to happy and strong and calm instead. And frankly, over my years of experience, I really recommend strong, happy, and calm over sad, afraid, and angry. 
Very, very good. And, and you talked about the neural pathways, and that's what science calls neuroplasticity, correct? And Exactly. And, and one of the things that a lot of people, you mentioned earlier, or maybe in a previous segment, about the importance of our our inner communications with the self. Uh, we Our thoughts running through what we think about, we're in constant, we should be in constant communication with ourselves. Talk to us a little bit about the power of positive affirmations and how reading these scriptures could help you stay above the, the center line here. Well, um, we develop habits. And what occurs is habits, I'll, I'll give you some statistics and I'll, I don't want to dwell on the numbers, but normally we try and tell people it's going to take you 21 days to create or change a habit. From that 21 days, you're using a whole bunch of willpower. Um, you'll find out Weight Watchers and everybody else kind of talks about those 21 days. I'm going to set your mind with this wheel to becoming more Christian and to choosing the lifestyle you want. To make your life uh, meaningful, to choose the path you want to be on. And the reality becomes in approximately a hundred days, three months, give or take, uh, you wind up creating a lifestyle instead of just a habit. So some of what we've got is an encouragement for you to take this wheel, create a journal, track what you're doing, track what you're thinking about, and make active choices. Uh, where do you find yourself in the wrong places? Well, start with your willpower and move from the wrong places to the right places, but go beyond that. Look for the hundred days. Look for making it a lifestyle. Don't, don't just let things control you. What can you do as a Christian to create a Christ-like lifestyle? Live the word. You can live a Christ lifestyle. What do you mean you know, by live the word, Linda? That, that's a great phrase, but expand on it for me, please. When you uh, read and study the word of God, be obedient to what the word is telling you because when you read the word of God, God is speaking to you. You know, and it's not by accident, you know, we just pick the Bible up and read it. You know, the, like, again, the Holy Spirit will God and lead us, you know, to where we need to be. Uh, say, for instance, I noticed, you know, you all yesterday said something about examples or testimonies like uh, Psalm uh, 34. That Psalm helped me a lot when I was going through. And it says, um, the righteous cry and the Lord hear it and deliver them from all of their troubles. So that scripture really uh, touched my heart. And I know it was the Holy Spirit that led me to that scripture because when I moved here, I would cry every night, every night when I got home from work, you know, that scripture. And God delivered me from uh, from whatever I was going through. So if we read God's word and just be obedient to it, God will honor his word. He keeps his promises. But we just have to believe it. And we have to have confidence in the word of God and trust the word of God. Amen. Amen. 
You, you know, Robert and Belinda, one of the, the things that drives me, one of my quotes, like I said, people need to be reminded more than instructed. And the quote that I use, one of my six daily reminders is Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Uh, my question would be, how can this, I would like both of you to kind of elaborate on how can this Christ-centered emotion will help us to transform, help us to renew our mind? How can we use that tool to help us renew our mind where we're being transformed rather than being conformed to the world? Well, what happens is you become mindful. You become aware of things. This tool, uh, one of the things uh, that I'll give Valinda the credit for it because she was making the comment of this wheel is a starter. Uh, it's not a, a complete wheel. You'll find out, and I'll challenge you right off the bat, to take a look at any of the scriptures and look for more on the topic. Uh, fill in what your favorites are. Uh, because there's, there's a lot on any of these topics. But what happens is to be transformed, this becomes part of your lifestyle, part of who you are, instead of this is a tool I use, this is something I do. And you really want to get it to be who you are rather than uh, something I have or something I reference. Um, is Christ part of you? Or is he just something you study about periodically by reading the Bible? And there's a big difference. Absolutely. Belinda, you mentioned a few minutes ago about living the word. Can this chart help a person live the word? Yes, sir, it can. You know, say a person is sad. I was telling you about Psalm um, 34. Mm -hmm. This chart can help a person to change their lives, change their minds, because, you know, the mind is sinful. And in order for it to be transformed, we have to renew our minds with the Word of God. Just by reading and studying the Word of God, like the example that I, I showed you, just like being tired, Matthew 11, 28. Come to me all who labor and are heavy yeah. laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, you gotta come to Him. If you be obedient and you come to Him, and if you trust Him, He's going to give you that rest. That is another way, you know, our minds can be transformed. Our lives can be transformed by being obedient to the Word of God. Thank you. Thank you for that. Robert, one of the things that, that, that you know, I have a passion for the youth, as you know, and one of the things we have too many parents and, and the world telling people they're this, they're that. You're, you're not going to mount anything. You're a loser. You're, what's the power when we start talking about the mind? What? What power does that negative, uh, constant negative uh, bombarding on a person do to their psyche or their mindset? Well, uh, back to what you just said before, Ronnie, neuroplasticity. You're going to create those brain patterns that are really counterproductive. You're going to start doing things of, um, well, I'm gonna pick on the, the drug that's most popular in the United States. Uh, we do antidepressants more than any other country. And it's almost, uh, and I'm going to put this in 
italics because I don't think it should be. It's almost normal in America to be depressed. So you sit there and if I've got that wiring in my brain and I decide that, yep, um, well, Bob, why are you sad? Well, let me think. I can give you some really good reasons to be sad here, Ronnie. Mm -hmm. And the more I dwell on it, the more I decide that I should have good reasons to be sad, I'm going to come up with more and more of them. And as I'm coming up with more and more of them, I'm justifying that pattern and I'm cementing it. I'm making it a familiar path, one that I take on a regular basis. Well, part of what excites me about using this wheel is once you start the self-awareness, you'll probably, hopefully, want to move to self-management. Wow, I'm depressed. Well, I can take a couple of antidepressants. Any doctor is going to give you some of those. And I'm going to be very blunt. The doctor is treating symptoms. He's not treating the cause. So taking the antidepressants is helping with the wiring. But it's not talking about why did I get wired in a poor way. But scripture takes me all the way to the root. How can I create that pattern that I want on a long-lasting, lifelong, life-changing, life-altering basis? Whereas the antidepressants are great. And by the way, you, you will not hear me fault psychology, psychiatry. I believe in medication when people need them. But I also believe that very often the Holy Spirit and God is a better answer than the medications we have. You know, Robert, I want to share with you, you just prompted me. I wasn't planning on going here, but in the way of uh, Belinda mentioned about a testimony, I've had a substance abuse problem for 31 years. And uh, alcohol and drugs were part of my life for 31 years. And uh, last week I celebrated my 23rd year of sobriety. So I give all praise to God there. But I have found out that all those years that I was self-medicating, I was keeping myself operating at a level far beyond my God-given potential. Well, what I find out is that the Bible is the greatest antidepressant that there is out there. And if people, I now enjoy a piece that surpasses all understanding. I have a natural high and I'm able to function, I believe in a manner more, well, I know it's more in line with God had intended for my life than what I was doing during my self-medication. I had issues that I was dealing with. And what I found out is that none of those drugs or alcohol or anything resolved my problems. But uh, uh, again, it, I wasn't being realistic. I was clouding my vision of everything and my perceptions of the world. I was staying depressed. I was staying in a bad place where I needed those now. And Linda mentioned about living in the word. I have to, I stay in the word. I'm glad to say that what's kept me straight is staying in the word every day, each of those 23 years that I've had the sobriety, no matter what I'm feeling. And to me, that's a testimony because I wasn't always in that place. We are in spiritual warfare. Yes. And if we don't know that we are in spiritual warfare, we've lost a battle already. Our mind is sinful. Our mind is selfish. 
we're selfish people. Where I'm going is that our mind, you know, have been affected, you know, by sin and this selfishness. And if we don't renew our mind, our mind is going to stay empty. And we're going to have these imaginations when Satan bring it to you, like being sad, afraid, and angry. These spirits are going to just captivate the mind and cause a person to stay there unless, you know, they hear about Jesus. Okay, and they come to Jesus so that they their minds can be free from this hurt, sorrow, loneliness, you know, being tired. Sometimes some people get so tired to the point of committing suicide. And by using this breath, this will help a person to come to Jesus. And this will help a person to become hungry and thirsty for Jesus. So I think this breath is very good. And also, the mind, it hates God. It's enmity against God. That's what the scripture says. It's enmity against God, Romans 8, 7. Because the kind of mind is enmity against God, but it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So this is a tool that Satan uses, but we don't know this. And the world doesn't know this. Therefore, the world is just just gone astray. Very well I'd like said. to share a scripture on this that we, we become more aware. If you go to 2 Corinthians 10.5, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to be to obey Christ. So we need to take those thoughts our rebellious thoughts, our negative thoughts, our counterproductive thoughts, we need to take them captive and bring them to the Lord's throne. Robert, it's, it's said that we either, uh, and like Melinda said, our minds are a thing that we've got to really, uh, we're, we're incapable on our own of controlling it. So we really need the Holy Spirit to uh, reach our God-given potential, but talk to us a little bit about either seeking pleasure or avoiding pain and how that, that, that directs our actions. Well, one of the things that I'll, I'll start with, Ronnie, that's not a simple question. Uh, first of all, we're, we're in a world that teaches us a lot of lies. Uh, more money, more possessions, a bigger house, a better car, more cars, uh, that's the path to happiness. And yet you find out that it's not. Too many people who've got the cars, the houses, the bank accounts, uh, simply aren't happy. Uh, it's not where it's at. The magic secrets that I can tell people today and uh, our happiness is generally about two things. It's about that relationship, that fellowship that you've got, and it's about your experiences. So you can have nothing and you can be very happy, or you can have everything and be miserable. So what we need to do is we need to go to the Word of God, figure out exactly what should life look like and how should I be living? And you find out that which is why I use this wheel, is when you're stressed, when you're angry, when you're tired, when you're depressed, that's not the life that God wants me to have. And yes, those things are part of life, but 
that shouldn't be the characteristics of my life. Okay, you, you've kind of touched on the, the, the seeking pleasure, and you're right, we do seek it for the wrong reasons of the worldly way, but talk to us about the avoidance of pain and what that'll cause us to do. Well, uh, again, I'm going to go back to this wheel because I'm going to encourage our listeners to use it as a tool. First of all, uh, don't beat yourself up when you're angry or sad or afraid. We all experience that. That's pretty much natural. And we use things like those are bad emotions. Well, they're human emotions. What we need to do is we need to recognize that what what is going to be, bring you pleasure and what is going to bring you pain. Uh, and I'll I'll go to scripture right away. The, the wages of sin is death. So if you're choosing the wrong emotions, the wrong wrong things, you're going to have a wrong life. It's not going to be something that's going to make you happy. Short term, hey, it feels good. Long term, it's not going to work. If we start looking for what's going to make for a joyful life, a happy life, and by the way, we, we, we do have a podcast that's going to talk more about what these things mean. Because we, we dump words, but more and more as Christians, we need to take the, the language, the thoughts, we need to take them captive, we make, need to make them ours instead of just being victims of these things. What does it mean, and I'm just going to challenge our, our audience right off the bat here, what does it mean to trust the Lord? What does it mean to really forgive some, someone? What does it mean to be joyful? What does it mean to have courage? And these are these are exercises I would encourage anybody to sit there and journalize. Look for scripture. Tell yourself, what does it mean to be compassionate? What does it mean to be trusting? What does Christ want you to be? And that's where you're going to get to what Ronnie is talking about is the pleasant life, the pleasurable life, the good life of uh, Paul had said in all things, he's learned to be content. And yet he he wasn't rich. And Valinda, I know you're better at scripture than I am, but I believe he made that comment about being uh, satisfied of, he was in prison, wasn't he? Yes, he was in prison uh, and he was content. And even though he was in prison and content, I just say this, the work of God didn't go undone. His, God's work was still being uh, accomplished. But yes, Paul was, he was in jail and he was content because he had God with him. He had Jesus with him. So that is what made him be content. <coughs> Jesus is, Jesus dwelling in our heart make us content. You, you know, one, one thing about as we look at this Christ-centered will that we need to be mindful of, Robert, you mentioned mindful earlier, is I think there's, what, 48 emotions listed here. <laughs> Good counter, right? No, well, well, the interesting thing is that just looking at this, remember, these are this isn't all-inclusive. There's so many more that we feel. Mm -hmm. And if we're not aware of them or we can't identify them, we can't manage them. So 
Robert, you could actually probably, if you were to really work on this, you could probably do three to four more charts just like this with completely different emotions, right? So different this, emotions, even the same chart, you probably could do with different scripture. Right? Difference, absolutely. So this is an area that we recommend our audience take into their lifelong learning process. Stay in the Word, stay grounded in it, and realize that we we literally are a bundle of wavering emotions. There's different triggers that set us off. There's different things that we go through. And what's interesting is you could be, the emotions are transient. They don't stay with you unless you allow them to dwell. And we need to realize that we can go from depressed to happiness like that. We have the control. God's gave us, God's given us a mind and he's given us a choice to be able to choose what we focus on. Remember, what we focus on expands. Are you going to focus on the negative emotions or are you going to focus on the positive ones? Uh, Jesus went through all of many of these emotions himself. He was sad. He was angry. He was afraid at times, but he didn't stay there. He let it be God's will to move him forward and to move him to where he needed to be. We can do the same thing. We have power within us that the, the world doesn't want to acknowledge, but it's there. But if we don't use it, we won't reap the benefits of it. Ronnie, I want to just amplify from what you just said. We're in a world where I'd love to challenge our audience because we've heard, all heard the expression, what would Jesus do? Look at the wheel, look at your life and ask yourself the question and use the wheel for it. What would Jesus feel? Very good. And, and, and along with that challenge, if you're living below the line, below the center line, you don't have to stay there. You can move up into the other one, but it takes practice. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. And when you combine all of those, uh, remember, you have the power within you. As we, as we move to close this module, any final comments or observations by Belinda or Robert? In the book of James, chapter 4, uh, verse 8 to 10, James says, draw near to God. And when you read and study these scriptures around this wheel, you're drawing near to God, okay? And you obey what the Word of God is saying. You know, God will draw near to you. Amen. And that will help you resist being sad, afraid, and being angry. It will help you. What it says is, this the devil and he will flee from you. So this will is a great tool to start out with, helping a person to become stronger in their mind. Thank you. Very, very, very appropriate. Very appropriate. Robert, any closing comments from you, sir? Realize that this is a tool, but God is, the, is always going to be the focus. And we're just scratching the surface as we as we have these talks. We're going to be offering much more in the way of uh, insight, providing po podcasts that give you additional insight. We'll provide some different additional resources. We'll have coaches courses. Excuse me. We'll have courses that you'll be able to to learn from. We'll have certifications that you'll be able to get certified in and teach others these concepts. These are transformational tools that have the ability to change lives. And scripture tells us that a life changes when the mind changes. Robert's talked a lot about the mind. 
we're going to be giving you tools that will help you change your mind. As we conclude this enlightening exploration of the Christ-centered emotional wheel, we hope you're now better equipped to embrace the full spectrum of emotions, from strength and happiness to calmness, anger, fear, and sadness in a manner that mirrors Christ's teachings. Remember, every emotion holds value and teaches us more about ourselves and how we respond to them can bring us closer to living a Christ-centered life. We encourage you to use what you've learned today to navigate your emotional journey with greater empathy, understanding, and biblical wisdom. When you change your mind, you become empowered to help others change theirs. Father, we just thank you and praise you, God, for helping us through this session. We just give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And that brings us to the end of another enlightening episode of the Kingdom Shepherd Talk Show. We hope that our conversation today has sparked new insights and ideas for your own journey of self-awareness and spiritual growth. Remember, the journey of self-discovery is ongoing, and every step you take brings you closer to understanding yourself and your relationships in a deeper, more meaningful way. We're here to accompany you on this transformative path where faith and emotional intelligence intertwine. If you enjoyed today's episode and found it valuable, we invite you to share it with friends and family who might also benefit. And don't forget to visit www.kingdomshepherd.com to access additional resources and connect with our supportive community. Thank you for choosing to spend this time with us. Until our next episode, stay curious, stay inspired, and let your light shine brighter every day. We are signing off from the Kingdom Shepherd Talk Show. See you next week.